podcast. Hello, and it's time for another Aussie Pinball podcast. In this episode number 19, we're joined by the currently ranked world number one tournament competitive pinball player, Escher Lefkoff. Why we got someone from the USA on the Aussie Pinball Podcast? Well, we're going to find out. We're also going to learn about how to get kids into pinball, how to improve your tournament pinball play, what to do when you're in a pinball playing slump, his experiences playing pinball down in Tasmania at the Taz Pin Festival, the best competitive players coming through the tournament scene that's going to take his number one mantle off him and his future plans in pinball tournament playing. Hope you enjoyed the episode and thanks to Kylie for educating Escher on what her music sounds like so he can really call himself an Australian. So this week we're joined, some mightn't think he's an Australian, but apparently he is. Are you an Australian? Yes. <laughs> Where is it the feds asking me? Or is it... <laughs> it's immigration saying, why are you an yes, Australian? Yes, I am very Australian. Okay, why are you Australian when everyone thinks you're American? mom is Australian. I seem to spend all my time here for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, stop hanging around my daughter. Um... So, Mum's Australian, so now you're Australian. And are you going to let uh, uh, the cat out of the bag? Are you ever going to live in Australia? I feel like most people know by now, but I'm <laughs> planning on moving here uh, for school. Woohoo! Soon. School. Uh, I think that goal is next August, but as much as I want to do that, the Australian government is making it very difficult for me. <laughs> There's a reason for that. And that's because there are pinball players in Australia with a great deal of influence that don't want you here. Yeah. <laughs> Ever since this Brisbane Masters. Hey, I still have the, uh, I think I have the Whopper record still for one month of like 796 <gasps> or something. You might, you might make the front page of the IPA webpage. Yeah. Yeah, again. Uh, not quite. I think it's up to like 1700, just top 25. So we better give a background just in case. Because there are, you are described by your father very aptly as micro famous. So, uh, pinball famous. No, 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 micro pinball famous. I can guarantee you I'll find five people who own pinball machines that don't know who you are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like when I walk around a you know TPF or something, I get stopped. <gasps> For the first time in my life at Expo, I had like four or five people stop me. Ooh. I was... Why, because you look funny or... Yeah, they're like, oh, I saw, I saw you playing on Stern Pro Circuit yesterday. I'm like, <laughs> it's like, you're really good, man. I'm like, thanks. Thanks. Yeah, I've been that. So the um, a bit of background. So Escher is currently the number one pinball player in the world, but that just seems to keep alternating with Jason Zoller. Yeah, I got a pretty good lead right now. Yeah, yeah? Okay. There's a chance that it will last until the end of the year, depending on what Jason goes to. Right. Um, because it's really hard for either of us to get points because our worst Whopper cards are over 70. And most tournaments don't even come close to that. So no. um, I think he can probably catch me. There's this one big Delaware tournament in December, and he is going to free play Florida. So okay. those are the two that I think he can catch me on. Okay. And I'm not going to anything else this year. So 
Unless Slack. I, you know, sneak away to one of them mm-hmm. <laughs> to defend. I remember when Ray Day became world number one, he said, I made it, but it's really hard trying to keep it. Yeah, no, it really is. Yeah. And uh, it's not really that worth to keep it. You don't gain much. You get a special trophy at the end of the year. It says okay. world's greatest pinball player in the year. Because that's the thing, because you get to number one. And you hold on to it, but it's not like the tennis people that say he was world number one for, or golf, yeah. he was world number one for and four years. What people, That's not going to happen in people. What people really care about is how many world champs have you won or majors. So when, you know, I ask, if people ask me about my like pinball status, I say I'm a multi-world, I've won two world championships rather than I'm number one in the world because they're both insane accomplishments that I'm very proud of, but, uh. I feel like the world championships almost feels like harder and I have gained more joy from those instances than I have from being, being number, number one. one. Yeah. All right. So for the, again, for those who don't know, you won the first world championship. I was, yeah, when I was 13 in 2017. How and why? It was just my day. I was not the, anywhere near the player I am today, but the bank of games. So at Papa, you qualified on a different bank of games and they put in finals, which was you know they're kind of like shake things up at the end but it also led to people being a lot less comfortable on their picks but uh some of the games that like the final four games that we played on was uh twilight zone which i have at home and i'm very comfortable comfortable on even though i think i got last on it (laughs) um world poker tour which we have a bunch locally uh i'm pretty comfortable in that game Uh, i got fortunate to get second on it and then uh, Jungle Queen, which is a game I actually love. Uh, we owned one for a couple of years before. Uh, I played very differently than most people, I, but I feel confident in my strat, and uh, you know it got me far. Then Skateball is was actually one of the games that was in qualifying, and I had uh, I think number four qualifying score on it at like six point something million. Mm-hmm. But Bowen had the number one, so I can see why he picked it. It was a it's a Jungle Queen, the one you kept. It went going up and, up and down the single yeah, so, lane of the bump bumper. I yeah. remember watching that live going, what the hell? Yeah, so <laughs> that's actually how I play the game. It, it, it's kind of hard to like, it feels like almost like corny going back. I'm like, oh, I meant to do that. But uh, the way I play Jungle Queen is I just shoot the top two drop targets because it just goes back into the pops. And every single lane, even if it's not lit for a letter, is a thousand in bonus plus 500 points. And that's better than shooting the bottom targets which put them into the side lanes that kill you most of the time so at home that's how we always played it and if you go early then you just hit the 5000 scoop and if you can get it up into the lanes once or twice and make your skill shot then you can just alley pass for your double bonus it's a really consistent way to play the game and uh, again owning one was really really helped me out there and some good fortune of course because you know it's an em at the end of the day should watch, you know, Kaylee's game, who was leading going into that. He got absolutely shafted the entire time. It was, it's rough. Houseball, houseball. Yeah. So you say at home, we got this game at home. So how many games have you got at home? Uh, we have a lot right now. We've been picking up a lot of just EMs. They're honestly more fun to own for us now. Uh, I think we've played our March track more than any other game this year. Wow. Uh, or stars or any 500. So how many is a lot? You say a lot. I'm trying to think. It's about like 40, I'd say. Okay. Um, so not it, the it ridiculous American lot where they've got 200 sitting in there. Yeah, it's not like 200 no. in the basement. And all the modern turns, we only have 
five LCD monitor, and it's hoping to be six whenever Keith Ellen's game comes out, and we've won all five of them. So <laughs> when you say we, how many of you that one? He's won one. He's won one. Okay. Say we. Full one. We won our Batman sixty six okay. from an expo, and he still owes you an ice cream truck. Yeah. For those who know, <laughs> most people who listen to the podcast know when I was on Hard Quiz, one of my questions before we met you properly was, "What were you promised by your father if you won the world championship?" I got that question right. Yeah, you did. I did. I'm happy that you did. That's a good question. <laughs> um, I first met you in the toilet lining up for a pee at Pinburg. Yeah. Have you told that story? <laughs> no. I was standing in line waiting hey, for a I was just, I knew How everyone. How old were you then? 14? I was like 14 or 15. Yeah. I know everyone. You don't talk around. Don't turn around and talk okay, to strangers. Okay, to be fair, Pinburg bathroom line, right? <laughs> it was very it's long. before round one. Yeah. Everyone's trying to get their pee out before they got to play. So they don't got to come back. <laughs> So the line's long. I, I remember I had Bob Matthews behind me, and I was talking with Bob, saying kind of, you know, like, oh, is there any banks that you want, any games you want to play? Right? I'm just chatting. And, you know, random guy I've never seen before in front of me. Talk to him. He's Australian. Yeah. Oh, I'm Australian. I'm chatting. And, you know, we're in this long line for the bathroom. So it's not like I went in. I'm like, hey, everyone in the bathroom. But uh, the one story I, I do want to say with the ice cream truck is a lot of people don't know the full story which is my dad and I knew we were going to be in the same group going into Papa, um, which sucked was I beat him in a tie break. We were talking and I'm like, we had this thing for a long time called an ice cream challenge. And he would just give me something. Um, he's like, all right, do this, you know, make top eight, you get an ice cream on the way home. And that's what motivated me ever since I was like nine, we've been doing it. So I asked my dad, uh, what's our ice cream challenge for this? And he's like, okay, uh, get out of the first round. Right, fair enough. And I said, what happens if I win? And he's like, I'll buy you an ice cream truck. And you know, we're laughing about it. And he's like, yeah, you can drop out of school and got, you know, just drive around to all the pinball tournaments selling ice cream to everyone. And uh, so that, and we were laughing about it. And then my dumb ass, first thing on the mic I say is, I want an ice cream truck. And I've never heard the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a famous story. But people often say to me, because Emily and I have been playing pinball together for so many years how do you get your kids into pinball now i for you it was just guts greed and winning ice creams yeah but emily it started off very young probably when she was 11 when i was playing if i got a multi-ball i'd say emily have my multi-ball and for some reason she just loved multi-ball yeah. that's all she did just hit multi-balls around the chimp flipping away thought it was fun but then when we started our competitions in time zone which you know in australia is a family entertainment center we had a swipe card to play the games, but it also played all the other games in the center. Yeah. So she would come along, play one game of pinball in the comp, and then go play all the other games, come back and play another game of pinball, until suddenly she started beating people and played less and less other games and more and more pinball beating people. And that's how she eased into comp pinball. But you know, what, what advice do you have for people to either get their friends into comp? I mean, the analogy you always given to me is, Imagine bringing a first-time pinballer along or a first-time friend to a bowling league and saying, come bowling with us. And everyone's bowling 220s and you walk over the score of 70. You're never coming back. Pinball's the same. Yeah, it's the same. So how do you encourage people to get friends or kids into competitive pinball you or know, playing pinball? The thing I always say about it, and it sucks, which is they got to actually want it on their own. It, there, I've seen a lot of times throughout my years where I talk to a lot of um, parents with their kids that are getting into it. And like, oh, how do you know how they got to get better? And it's the same answer every time, which is like, do nothing. 
Like, if they enjoy to play, they will play. And if they don't, then don't force them. Uh, a lot of times we'll see just the saddest stories of parents forcing their kids to play when they don't want to. Kids, you know, they're interested in video games and, you know, making friends and doing that. And they don't really care for pinball, even if they are really good or they're not competitive or, you know, they get stressed out. There's so many reasons why people don't play. And forcing your kid to play is just, you know, even if they are winning, like they have to want it. Yeah. And if your kid wants to win, then they will get better and they will travel with you and play and they'll play in the basement. And what's your strategy for helping them get better? They got to learn how to lose. So how do you learn to lose? That's a, that's a whole bag of worms. But um, for the kids, you know, they're all, they got to be used to not winning, right? They might win at home against their parents and everything, but they can't expect to win when they go to tournaments. There's so much life lessons in pinball. And, you know, they grow up and they'll get better at it, right? I remember, Kinda... I remember Zach Sharp once saying when I think he came second at Pinburg and someone said he disappointed you lost. And he said, I've lost so many more games before than <laughs> yeah. I've ever won. So I'm just happy to come second. Yeah. Because and I had a few like, wins. Yeah. And I beat, you know, 997 other <laughs> yeah, people. Right. So, like, can't right. be... So you got to, you know, take victory and whatever victories you get. And even if you have fun, like, I know we have a bunch of people local that never win, but they still show up and pay their $5 entry. I mean, yeah, you're pointing at yourself there, but you know, it's supporting it. It's, it's a social thing. You're meeting people. That's why I still play. If I didn't like the people in pinball, I would have quit a long time ago. But speaking of that, you go to your local tournament. Can you enjoy it? I can. But in Colorado. It's a little bit different in Colorado because we have multiple people in the top 25 in the world. So but how, but how do the other people cope with that? They just, <laughs> they just get used to losing. They drink and eat biscuits and well, smoke it's Colorado, of things. course, so they smoke <laughs> marijuana. But um, you know, a lot of them strive to get better in Colorado, and they they go into these tournaments understanding that they're not going to win, and that gives them a healthier mindset for getting better and learning. And their winning is getting the top four, right? They can beat Others. us on occasion. Yeah. I say us, I mean you know Walt Wood, Zach McCarthy, myself, Donovan, my dad. And all of our local players that have gotten good because they have to play these players every single tournament. So is it coincidence that there are so many good players in the one spot? Or no. is it being dragged up? It all started with Donovan because Donovan was good in the 90s. And he was traveling to the world, old original world championships and playing. And then he taught all the Denver guys. He was an operator. So everyone saw him. He ran tournaments. And then he started a league with my dad when he got into it in about 2002, 2003. And then my dad got pretty good because he learned from Donovan. And then everyone that it's was Donovan around Step, my... Donovan Step, isn't it? Just yeah, Donovan Step. Look yeah, up. Dino. Yep. Uh, he's been playing a lot this year, actually. And it's just kind of like this family tree that all kind of starts from Donovan. And even before Donovan, it's probably Keith and Neil Schatz and uh, Rick Stetta, uh, who taught Donovan to get better after Donovan started traveling. So you shouldn't be annoyed by losing to top players when you go to the tournaments because you can learn so much from them. And most of them will be happy to talk to you and teach you some stuff as long as, you know, that's the one thing I always say to people, which is just be normal. Talk to them like normal people. <laughs> They're not different. They're not these... Some super... of them are. <laughs> <laughs> We're not yeah. going to name names, but... Some of them are. Yeah. But that's what's good about pinball is a huge yeah. diversity of people. Yeah, and they're not like superstars, right? They're no. not these millionaires that are disconnected from the game that they play. Some like of them are. They, 
<laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know any pinball millionaires. Let me know because I gotta I gotta follow what they're doing. Have you ever been to the old museum of pinball? I think he had a bit of money. Yeah, he has like 700 games. I know. There's that new place in Ohio called uh, Pastimes. I know. That, that place, I got to go check that place out. That's mm. crazy. But, so, but I remember when I was starting to try to get into tournament pinball maybe 10 years ago, thinking, what do I practice at home? So I started just setting myself goals of, right, can I hit that ramp five times in a row? Can I do this, whatever? What What do you suggest people practice when so they're... That's actually not a great way to practice because that's good a good way to practice your own game but to practice actually getting more consistent and better in tournament scenarios you got to start going to your locals and if you don't have locals that's fine watch 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 the top players watch the streams watch the vods watch the youtube videos even watch some of the older stuff um, you will learn not just how to play a game reading a rule sheet is one thing but how people actually play the game and that's worth a lot more than the rule sheet because, you know, you just can get, see games like Venom come out. It has like 14 pages on what to do. But then when you watch Zach McCarthy play, there's only six things he cares about. And he'll do all six <laughs> and he'll get five billion in his first multiball. So even the person that's mastered all of the other everything else in the game, like they've, they know, oh, this happens when this will still lose to Zach because he's mastered the, the tournament strat and watching these really good players in the world play all the time. You just pick up on that stuff really quick and you'll see how they apply it. And the next time you play the game, you can, you know, write it down or you just remember like, I'm going to try this, this game. And then you play it and you go back, you watch and you see what you did wrong. And you just kind of do that loop. And that loop can be done when you're playing against good players, right? Like, mm -hmm. let's say you're, what's a good spot? Like you're in Michigan, right? And Jared August is there at your local. Right, and you're playing them on what's in this room, like Deadpool, right? And you just copy the exact same way that you that he plays. I mean, you're gonna lose. You're gonna get your ass kicked. <laughs> it's not gonna be close. But at least you're starting to pick up the correct way to play. And mm -hmm. the other biggest, biggest, biggest thing I always drill this in people's heads because a lot of people struggle with this. To get more consistent at pinball, you need to get worse before you get better. You need to start learning how to do the skills. You need to learn drop catch, live catch, dead bounce, uh, nudging, all this. And when you just flip away, if you're an accurate player, you're going to find success, right? You can probably top four your locals and you could probably beat people, but you're not consistent. You're going to you know, do terribly sometimes or really good sometimes when you can play in a way that you're kind of the same no matter what. And the better and better you get, the more consistent you get. And because pinball is a game that has some chance in it, you know, the modern's less than the old. If you're a consistent player, then you will just do better. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's hard one to thing, explain, but. I know. Well, one thing I've noticed in current tournaments is all the micro flips. Yeah. Micro flips didn't exist five years ago. Yeah. The little tiny tip passes. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I can't play like that. No. <laughs> but um, Johannes, does he? He does. Yeah, oh, yeah. He, I mean, like, he's got the move named after him, the Ostermeyer. Yeah. You flick the flipper and jump it across. Yeah, and just extraordinary. Um, I don't know. He Ostermeyer is different because he can just start a game. Like, he'll walk up to a Game of Thrones he's never played before, and the flippers are sticky, and yet he still does it every single time. Like, he so rarely drains messing that skill up. And when you master stuff like that, your consistency is just so much higher. Yeah. So, I, know I asked this earlier, two things. So we're talking about practice, talking about skills, 
we're talking about competition. Is pinball a sport or is it a game that people enjoy? That's a hard question because it's probably, I'd say, 70% to enjoy and 30% of sport. I know what your definition of sport is. Do you remember it? Yeah, it's like... You have to be injured. Getting injured. (laughs) Tell that to my shoulders after Expo where I had to play Wednesday, (laughs) Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But that's fatigue, not injury. Well, well Ron, Ron Hellett, right? Ron Hellett from Slam Tool Podcast yeah. said, "Pinball cannot be a sport because I occasionally win, <laughs> <laughs> and I am not a sportsman." But the length of pinball tournaments, you know, fourteen, fifteen hours, and is yeah. it just a really long game, or is it a sport? Well, don't cricket games take days? Yeah, but you can get in the head by a ball. Yeah, <laughs> if the ball I, hits you in the head. You're playing Frankenstein yeah, with you a do castle. a slap save and you. Break a blood vessel, and now your <laughs> hand's purple for the next week so and you a think, half. So you think it's a sport? You're not committing. Okay. This is why I think it, I can't say for sure it's a sport. Because the majority of people that play pinball don't even know you can get good at it. It is something you find in bars or people have at home just to have fun with. Right? And none of those people are sportsmen. <laughs> They're just flipping. Yep. And that's great. And that's what pinball was designed to be. Yes. But the people that spent hours and hours and hours grinding, learning rules, playing, learning, practicing. Those are sportsmen because they are practicing the game. They have a goal to be better and they're putting all this time in, right? They're not just enjoying the game to enjoy it. They're enjoying getting better. And so those are the sportsmen of pinball. Not everyone. Now tell me, excluding Jurassic Park, what's your favorite rule set in the game? What? Excluding Jurassic Park? Yeah, know, because it's obvious you're going to say Jurassic Park. Well, yeah. What makes, that game is what make, no, we're not talking about Jurassic awesome. Park. What, what, makes, okay, what makes a good rule set? Uh, what makes a good rule set, for me, is a game that I don't finish on my first try, and there's more to the game. That's why I really like Keith Allen games, because there is a goal that everyone can achieve, right? Godzilla, right? Get to Monster Zero, Terror, Mecha Godzilla. Right then, the next echelon of players is Planet X, and then the next people are Monster Island Madness, and then the top players also have something where they can get to the super one. Like no idea what Monster Island Madness is, but no, I think Monster (laughs) Island Madness is the final final one, and the other one is like where you end the game, like you beat the mode, game ends. Um, And so, because on all of the games, like Iron Maiden has it, Avengers has it, you know, of course Jurassic Park has it, like. Even, you know, Godzilla has it. So those are why they're, they're my favorite rule sets because... Are they I just mini it. wizard modes or is it more, you're saying? There's more because getting to them is hard. Yeah. Like, there is people in the top 25 of the world that have never gotten to run to the hills on Iron Maiden because it is hard and it takes... You can't play it like a tournament game. You've got to play it completely different. It's a new game. So when I play for fun, it's fun to go for. Versus I play Mandalorian for fun... The game gives me four extra balls. I've finished all the modes in multi-balls. And now I am forced to play the upper play field. And then the game ends. And then it restarts and you do it again. Where it's it's not really... I don't have a plan. I'm not going in like, oh, I'm going to get to the wizard mode. I'm going to play it normally. And if I have a long game, then I will get there. No. Um, not saying that I don't like Mandalorian. I very much so enjoy the game as a tournament game. But... It's not an adventure. It's so, not an adventure. So it, Lord of the Rings. Is Lord of the Rings good or bad? Yeah, it's great. It's one of the best okay. rule sets in any... I mean, it's a terrible tournament game. Yeah, that's but right. as a game to own, mm-hmm. theme adaptation, it's the best theme adaptation of any game ever made. What's more fun for you? 
high school or getting through a game. I have this, I have these brain worms, man. I can't get through a game without min-maxing everything. <laughs> like I'm on Iron Maiden and I'm on pace. I got all my soul shards, but I got super death blows running. And ooh, I could get a 600 million shot right now. <laughs> I, I got these brain worms, they tell me. They're like, you gotta, you gotta get points. You're you might like, not get this chance again. You're, you're a ring collector on Sonic. Yeah. You're not just going to get from A to B. Yeah. You're going to make I'm sure getting everything every along the way. Speaking of Sonic, computer games, big computer gamer. Yeah. Very uh, much so. What, uh, what level are you at? Would you describe yourself as a computer gamer? Like competitive uh, with sports so. people or? No. Uh, I'm not even like semi pro because I play, I feel like for me, I already have a game that I can call myself a professional at. Yep. I don't need another. I want to have fun with my friends. Right. So when I play a game of Counter Strike, I'm there to hang out. I like getting good at stuff. So, you know, the thousands of hours I put in are getting me better. But the main priority is to have fun. Okay. I never take it that seriously compared to like pinball. How many hours a day would you play pinball? I don't really play pinball at all. <laughs> I'll play like three hours a week, probably. When you're not in a tournament? When I'm not in a saying? tournament. So you don't practice? Unless, you know, it's like Indisc is coming up and they're like, oh, this weird game and right. there's one up in Denver, so I'll go drive an hour to go just get some time on it. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the most where if I know I need to practice something specific um, or when a new game comes out. Like I've been playing a decent amount of Venom at the location near my house. Pro, pro or premium? Pro. Okay. Uh, they bought both, but the premium hasn't showed up. Okay. Because what uh, Ryan Wanger does, you know him, mm -hmm. uh, he buys both and then he just rents the other one out. Okay. And then he's also got a gig at Google and all that. So he just swaps the game out. So our Foo Fighters magically turned into a premium one day. <laughs> we were like, oh, you know, it's a real shame because we know that we got to practice premium. We never play the premium, but we'll play a pro and try some stuff. And then we just show up and it's a premium. And I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> sure. Nice. Where does upper play field come from? Good so, if you can do it. I mean, that's the other thing that in Colorado we're very blessed is that we have so many pinball arcades yeah and all across the state you can find somewhere to play and yeah. I think that's also a big reason why we have so many good players yeah yeah and I asked you before so between the age of 13 and now have you been in a slump where you're just missing like... everything and you're not making finals and you're dropping out um so that happens to a lot of people they play so... tournaments they're doing well and then all of a sudden they can't play they can't hit stuff they get disheartened. They say, and I've seen it many times, I'm giving up pinball because I just can't hit anything. Well, so I, everyone has their bad tournaments, right? Mm -hmm. It's pinball, man. You, you get bad rolls. You know, you wake up. You didn't sleep well. You didn't eat well. You play like shit. You feel like shit. There's so many things that can happen. And that's not a pinball thing. That's a competition thing. You'll see that in anything. Slumps happen when you put too much pressure on yourself. Right, it's pinball's all in your head. Every everyone in the top 100 is the best player in the world at their best. Right, everyone's the most accurate player in the world when they're at home and they're hitting shots. Right, and being able to channel it into a tournament is very different. So when you feel like you're in a slump for pinball, just take a step back, realize that I enjoy playing this game. Right, I'm gonna go to this next tournament and I'm gonna have fun. You know, don't take it as seriously. And if you can't do that then you should take a break. Mm. Because if you're not having fun, then why play? So kicking the machine doesn't help? E no, <laughs> it does not. <laughs> it's hard to take a break from something. And it, you the biggest thing I always say, right? We are still a niche sport. Do not play for money. Like it is, well, winning money is awesome. Yeah, that's right? right. But <laughs> don't make it your job. No. Don't, 
you know, say like, I'm going to quit my job because they won't get time off so I can go to this turn. Like you're putting so much pressure on yourself, right? It's not a guaranteed income. It's something that you go to a bar and have fun to play. And, you know, I, as much as it seems corny to say that, I've, there's a lot of players that are like that. And I feel like they're less happy when they play, right? I had this happen to me very, like this year, actually. Uh, I went to Northwest Pinball Championships in Seattle. I played like shit. It was probably my worst showing in the last three years. I went out in the second round of classics, second round. I didn't even get a double buy in main. I went out in the second rounds and in high stakes, I got fifth. And I felt really bad after that tournament. I was like, a really, slump. really bad. slump. Good. Well, it was one tournament, but it's still a slump. Yeah. <laughs> Mini slump. Yeah. And, you know, I talked to my parents about it and they're like, if you're not having fun, then take a break. And I'm like, okay, I will. Right. And then, you know, I went to Australia, had a lot of fun. Looking back, like, I have a lot of fun when I play and I'm just there to hang out. Like, that's why I love Brisbane Masters so much as a tournament is that I, I can take it very casually and, you know, talk, meet new people and have a good time. And so that's what I did at Chicago this year. Um, when I went to Chicago, I'm like, I'm seeing all these people that I never see. I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to hang out with all the kids and I'm going to play some pinball. And with that mentality going in, I played some of the best pinball in my entire life, and I yeah. won both of the main tournaments. Ooh, doggy. You did so. the um, having a bit of fun. Uh, I don't know whether I took you or your mum took you. We went down to Tazpin. Oh, yeah. Tasmania. Like, <laughs> you can't get more out of the way than Launceston, Tasmania yep. from the US of A. Well, it's, it's funny because that's where my mum grew up. That's right. In, so that's right. Got There's family out there. Family connection. The, the, I, I found it funny because... People would say, I'd say, go ask us for a game. And what they hadn't done was turned off extra balls. And I remember you got an Indiana Jones, played <laughs> ball one, and I think you had four extra balls in waiting. Well, so actually, my first ball. So what happened was, is there was this family plan, and they were pretty new to pinball, but it looked like they owned a game. The dad knew what he was going for, but he never played the game. You know, I watched him, you know, not know how to play the video modes or anything. And I'm like, hey, you know, I can show you some stuff on this game. And, uh, I showed him all the modes, I showed him the supers, I showed him how to, you know, dead bounce, drop catch, live catch, and then I got to the end of the game to show him the end of the game. <laughs> and by the time there was, you know, a decent crowd watching, yeah. and uh, I mean, that Indiana Jones played very well and had a lot of extra balls. Yeah. So <laughs> it walked away after ball one. Yeah. But, um, I, you know, I was surprised, that was my first visit to Tadspin, but it's a very small community in a very small town. But what did they have, 40? Yeah, but if you compare. There? The amount of games and people that showed up to Tazpin mm. by how many people that live there mm. compared to the United States, they're killing it. Yeah. I bet they're. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and rare games, games I hadn't seen. In, yeah. I mean, Emily uh, fell in love with Farfella um, and wants me to buy one. Yeah. Farfella uh, uh, a fun one. It's pretty. <laughs> we played Freddy here at uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, yeah. a lot of those. Yeah. That's going to be at Indus this year, I bet. Oh, no. I showed please. up at uh, Pinball at the Lab, so we had to learn how to play it. But uh, but it was, it was a lovely little community yeah. and just... I had a blast. Crowded. And I went to Newcastle, which uh, they copied the Newcastle Pin uh, Fest, which has been on for 11 years now. And I think mm -hmm. Launces is going to keep doing it, but a really good community and they're really nice people. A lot of families coming in, uh, good venue. Yeah. But we had a ball. But if you're down there, you want to play, you just open the door, turn off extra balls. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, food fight. They had food no. fighters here for the first time. Yeah, uh, you finished that, I think. Well, what was there? What was in the code at the time? <laughs> yeah, what was in the code? But... Uh, I did get challenged once. Uh, I forget. I'm forgetting his name. 
But uh, he's like, I want to challenge you on my favorite game ever, which was 8-Ball Deluxe. Oh, no. And I didn't even know the setting was possible, but you got an extra ball for getting three in-line drops down. Oh. And they it also had no tilt bob. Oh. <laughs> and it's on five-ball play. Yeah. I got eight million of my first three balls. And I said, if you can catch me, then you can have it. <laughs> and uh, I think he got like four million. Like, I think he had a good game. Yeah. But, uh, but that's the thing. I mean... When you're playing at your level, the games have to be modified like crazy. Yeah, and and that's the thing, or is it? Well, just... so I'm so used to playing the games that are modified that when I play the non-modified games, it's like a cakewalk. Yeah. Um, and that's you know another thing that you can do at home is make your games harder because they punish you for your mistakes. Um, Doesn't Kaylee set all these balls to games to one ball? Yeah, I went to Kaylee's house. Uh, not one ball, but there's a lot of lightning flippers and tight slings <laughs> at his house. Uh, we played his Attack from Mars that was very tilty, played great with lightning flippers. That's real pinball right there. You miss, you die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good on him. Now, what are the future plans? Continue just competing in pinball or what? You said you're going to uni? Yeah, so what I think this is towards? my last year of taking pinball seriously. Okay. Um, I still really enjoy going to the big ones, so I will always be at Indisc. I will always be at IFBA and unless I don't qualify. Probably Expo still. That tournament's fun. Maybe some other stuff, but those are the main things that are still I'm gonna go to every year. Um, I really gotta focus on my real life. I, you know, I took a gap year this year, so just getting through uni, trying to find something that I need to do in real life because I've been focusing on pinball. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a lot of other hobbies of you know video editing and helping run events as like a very passive or you know I have a lot of things that I want to do, and I feel like me traveling every other week. For a pinball tournament is not helping that. My mentality for this year is uh, I'm only 19, I'm only 20. I might as well do it. I'm at the peak of my ability. And uh, now that I've done it, uh, I've done it. And so I want to focus on real real shit. <laughs> Before I do your prediction, I remember Keith being interviewed about three years ago saying who's going to be the next GOAT, next world number one. And he said you. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I remember the interview well. Who do you reckon will be taking the mantle? I mean, <laughs> Jason. So... Jason. Well, what about Zach? He doesn't... Zach's going to uni too. Jason's been in the uni and he's been having his best year. Because okay. he only sneaks out when he can. Okay. You know, He works hard in school to get his time off. And uh, Zach is taking a double major, I think. So he's, he's busy. But Jason's and... jumping forward. Anyone... Yeah. I mean, Jason's by far the best player right now. I think Jason's Versus... significantly better than me. Johannes? Johannes... It's stuck in Europe. Doesn't matter. Still head to head player. Yeah, you don't want to play him head to head. Is he the best in the world ever? I don't. Is he so. better than Keith? No. Okay. All right. Win a couple more if was Yolanda's. Yeah. Put him out there. All right. Yeah. And I, then, he's one of the best players ever to touch the game. Yeah. I'm not disc- discounting his success, but man, I really wish he would come out to some of the other United, more United States tournaments, like the Open stuff. Hmm. Um, like I, I think he's coming to Indus this year. I think he's okay. planning on it. So that'll be really good to see. If oh, he wins in disc, he might be the best one. That's going to bump me down another place. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Stop laughing. And in the underlings, say, in five years' time, do you see any young people? Liam Bradley, up? Miles Bradley, okay. those two kids. They are sick at the game. Miles mm. is eight, and oh. Liam is 11. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Miles won. He's eight. He won B Division at Expo this year. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't close. (laughs) He won winners, and then he 2-0'd, I think, 
and Anil yeah. uh, wow. in the finals. Wow. And it's not like, you know, kind of got there. Like, I, I was watching him play. He was putting up solid scores, like, throughout the entire both days. Oh, and uh, he's, eight. he's eight. He's eight. Yeah, he would kick okay. eight-year-old Escher's ass. Oh. And his brother mm-hmm. made a finals at Indus Classics, right? There's a funny story where he, he walked up to Kaylee, and he was like, hey, Kaylee, uh, how do I play this game? And Kaylee told him, and he's like, how about this game? And Kaylee told him, and he's like, how about this game? And he's like, I can't tell you every game, man. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, you know, I'm just thinking about picking. He's like, you're in the tournament? And you're picking games? <laughs> like, it, it blindsided him because he was 10 at the time. He's yeah. like, yeah, I'm going to pick Stargazer oh, in the first round of the Classics yeah. tournament. And so, um, and they have games at home. Mm-hmm. Their, his parents are lovely. Cool. Um, and they're happy to take him places. He is, like, mentally, like, both of those kids are, they're so nice. Excellent. They're so friendly. And I think they have, they're competitive enough. They have each other to practice against. Oh, good. And uh, the only problem is they live in the middle of nowhere in North Carolina. <laughs> but still, uh, those are, I think, long-term, nice. watch out for those kids. Future. The future is um, bright. Also, uh, a lot of people in Colorado, because um, they still got to play against, you know, me every once in a while, Walt all the time, Jordan Deshane, Donovan. We're still going to keep pumping out good players. Mm. And that's the same way with most places. So Michigan is very competitive. Uh, California, Seattle. Chicago. Chicago. Mm. So you see, Chicago is the most stacked state uh, place, but none of them play at local. No. Yeah. <laughs> but you still got Andy Bagwell, who is uh, – you do <laughs> yeah. not want to play him locally. No. He will mm-hmm. destroy you. Destroy. Oh, cool. So. And, right, famous Aussie music. Favorite Aussie music. What's your favorite part? But Abba's not Australian, so you can't yeah, have them. I, I know you love Abba's listening to Abba whenever you're here. Yeah, it's the only thing you guys listen to from <laughs> what I can tell. Um, favorite Aussie band? I like ACDC. Okay. Good game. <laughs> good game, all right. Yeah. All right, and good band. Everyone picks ACDC. Can you think of any Australian films you've seen that you like? Uh, they, you guys have films? Oh, I thought you were, like, thought you were still like bashing stones that. together. We are going to make him watch The Castle. Labyrinth? Maybe? No, Labyrinth is not an Australian film. The UK? The, the castle. You guys all sound the same. <laughs> <laughs> and what's your favourite spot you visited in, in Australia so far? I'm trying to think. There's been a lot of uh, cool places I've been. I think, honestly, Hobart. There you go. Hobart was really nice. Mona? Mona was fun. With the with the wall of plaster casts? Yeah. And <laughs> the poop-making machine. <laughs> they, they had a pinball machine there. Oh, like uh, yeah, very modified, very yeah. modified weird thing, yes. A lot oh, of naked cool. people on it. <laughs> but, yeah, no, uh, Hobart was a lot of fun. The food there was wonderful, and it's... the weather was nice. Wow, which is rare for Hobart. No, well, no, it was no, raining it's, every day. But it's it not too nice bad. Year. It's not too bad. Right, well, I think we've covered everything we want to cover because we've got to go and do some serious... Um, card playing. Card playing. And eating lasagna. And eating lasagna. Famous Aussie meal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for that. We'll yeah, no uh, edit it together. To... What song do you want to, as your exit song? Yeah, Pinball with. No, no. <laughs> uh... In tribute to the new Elton John song. Good. I'm going to put a, a put Kyle, an ACDC. Kylie Minogue. I don't know. You don't know who Kylie Minogue is? No. Nope. Oh, put an okay. ACDC song. Where's that? Bring that citizenship in here you got. I'm going to rip it up. <laughs> you don't know Kylie. I don't know anyone, man. <laughs> that's good. Oh, that doesn't help. You're only 12 years old. That's true. Yeah, All right. something All right. like that. Yeah. All right. Thanks for that. Catch no you later. So there we have it. The young fellow looks like he's going to 
come over to Australia, but don't fret USA. He'll be back to take more pinball titles off you on the big events. He may even represent Australia at the World Championships. So there'll be one spot left after that in Australia. It was great to hear from him. Uh, good luck with your future plans, Escher. And we'll leave you with a bit of your favourite band that we all know and love, Akadaka. Catch you next episode.